Hello and welcome to the Max Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Jude Dickin, Collections Information Manager for the Manx National Heritage on the Isle of Man. Would you like to introduce yourself, Jude, and tell us about how you came to be where you are today? Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the invite. Um, yes, as I say, I'm, uh, I work as Collections Information Manager um, for, well, the Heritage Agency on the Isle of Man, which is Manx National Heritage. I, I joined um, the organisation, wow, wow, back in 2004. Wow, that sounds a long time ago. <laughs> it's flown by. Um, and I joined here from having worked previously at um, Windsor Castle, um, the British Library, and then latterly um, the V&A. So moving from London to the Isle of Man was, was quite a change. Um, moving from a big organisation to a to a smaller, smaller, more integrated organisation was also quite a change. But you know, I love it because we, as an organisation, we um, we cover all of it. So we look after the national archives, library, and museum collections, as well as um, we have um, we are in effect the national. Tr- Trust for the Isle of Man, so we, we own land, um, we own um, various historical sites across the island, and we also are home to the historic environment record, which is what, what I help look after as well. So it's a really varied, varied job, and one which has become more and more uh, digital um, as the years have, has, have gone on. So you're, the Trust has got, uh, sorry, the Heritage body has got its finger in lots of pies on the island what is your specific role how do you spend an average day yeah absolutely i mean we are a a charitable trust and um we are statutory body as well so um we perform that function for the island but my (laughs) what is an average day for me well um because we have such broad collections um my role really is is looking at how we both safeguard and make accessible the information um, about what we hold um, and more generally about the heritage of the island. So um, a typical day can see me in the morning working on the TT um, uh, motorcycle database. We, we look after um, the uh, records for, for, for the TT, um, which started in 1907 and is still, still going. Um, it can see me working on that to next moving to looking at Viking artifacts with our archaeologist. Uh, we have an amazing Viking history on the island. Um, <laughs> we're often more, more Scandinavian than UK, really. Um, so we have a fantastic um, uh, Viking collection, including... Um, um, treasure hoards. So I can be involved in working with the archaeologist on planning how we might 3D digitise those Viking artefacts. That's something we're working on at the moment. Um, and then the afternoon can see me um, working on our project to further digitise our, our newspapers. So we have the most comprehensive collection of Isle of Man newspapers. Um, dating from 1792 right the way through to today um, we're still collecting and we've made um, 
the years 1792 to 1960 available digitally already online and we're looking hopefully to release the next tranche of those newspapers. So my role in all of that is very much um, looking at safeguarding the basic management information about our collections but also making sure we make those collections and their information digitally accessible to as many people as we can online and, and removing barriers to, to, to access. Um, so yeah, really varied, really, really varied. You've mentioned some of the material you have already, um, particularly Viking stuff, that's quite exciting. But what makes up the rest of your collection? Oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, if we, if we, we take each area in, in turn, so maybe if we start with archives, um, we have extensive photographic archives um, from you know, the, the start of photography on the Isle of Man, uh, which really started getting going in the 1850s, 60s. We have um, very early uh, daguerreotypes, um, carte de visites, all the way through to um, a modern photographer, living photographer, such as Chris Killip, who is an internationally renowned uh, photographer. Um, we have some of his archive with us. So we've in, um, so we have a photographic archive, extensive photographic archive. We also have an extensive manuscript archive, um, some wonderful 18th century collections um, um, when the island was very much, well, it always has been very much a, a maritime nation, um, right up again the, to, to present day um, um, you see you're challenging me there's so much uh, political archives and even literary art archives we have the archive of Nigel Neal who was the um, playwright behind Quatermass some people may have heard of um, really you know um, wonderful modern sci-fi writer so you have manuscript archives photographic we have film and sound so something quite unusual about the Isle of Man is it has its own language. So we have what's called Manx Gaelic, and that's very distinct from Scots or Irish or, or Welsh Gaelic. It is a distinct language and it is a living language. People use it. So when I go to the pub tonight, I will be ordering my pint in Manx mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will be served. So, um, so anyway, we have um, in the archive um, the earliest sound recordings of, of the Manx language by native speakers. Obviously, the language isn't na we don't have native speakers anymore. Um, but back in 1948, the Irish Folklore Commission came over and recorded the last of the native speakers. We have those recordings on the original um, wax cylinders. Um, and again, right the way up to uh, modern oral history recording. Um, another really important aspect of the island's history was internment. So in the First World War and Second World War, the island became an internment camp um, for the UK. So those deemed as aliens in the UK, Germans, um, in the Second World War, that extended to Italians as, as well, were um, brought over to the island and interned here. Not prisoners of war, they were just interned here, kept in camps. Well, of course, we have an amazing 
archives on on that experience and we do have um, first-hand oral history recordings of those people who were interned here so that's archives in itself huge we have a library so we collect um, printed items either published or relating to the Isle of Man we also have museum collections so we have the art collection for the island which we look after for the island um, major a major name in that is Archibald Knox Archibald Knox designed for Liberty um, an important arts and crafts designer and we have examples of his design work, 3D design work, as well as watercolours, paintings, that kind of thing. Um, we have the archaeology collection um, with arguably um, the, the, the star um, the, the stars of that collection, the Viking, the Viking collection, which is all on display in, in, in the Manx Museum um, in our gallery. Um, we also have costume and textiles uh, collection. We have an extensive social history collection, um, which I won't go into because we would be here <laughs> till midnight if I tried to explain all that. We have ceramic collections, but we also have um, things like... Um, well, an 18th century boat um, called the Peggy, which we're currently um, conserving. Um, it is registered as um, on the historic ships register. It's a very unique and rare survival of an 18th century pleasure craft uh, sailing boat with mast and oars. And um, we, we also own or uh, well, own the building where it was dry docked. And that is an 18th century sort of dockyard that, that um, leads out in, in, into the Irish Sea. So we, we have a couple of castles as well. Um, we have an abbey um, and we have a working farm. All these things, and, and a Victorian house up north, all these things contain collections and aren't in themselves a collection. So Castle Russian, and Peel Castle, we also um, view as, as, as a collection object, albeit very large ones. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, um, we have the largest uh, working water wheel in the world, Laxey Wheel, um, which we also um, look after and have museum collections, archives, library, images, related to that to that site so you did ask <laughs> it's really large really really large collections so um, obviously not on the par with some of the big nationals in terms of size but in terms of variety um, certainly um, I've never worked anywhere with with such variety um, of collection you have pointed out you are I don't know what the official word would be but you're your own nation you've got your own parliament you've got your own flag you've got your own language would you say that the majority of people who engage with your collection are Manx or do you get a lot of interest from elsewhere it's a really good question um obviously our, our local community I'm not Manx by the way and um you know, um, in fact, if you look at the makeup of the island, um, 
the majority now it's tipping into um, non-Manx people who live here, i.e. those who weren't born here, have chosen to move here. But I found as soon as I moved here in 2004, um, it gets under your skin, this place, and you can't help but be um, intrigued by its history. And um, yeah, you start to to really engage with the the variety of history on what is a very small island. We are very small. Um, A population of around 80 to 85,000. So we're small, we're smaller than the, the average county, you know. But yes, you're right, we do have our own parliament. And in terms of researchers and people using our collections, yeah, absolutely, locals, yeah, local community, local researchers, family historians uh, use our collection. But that word family historian is an interesting one because as we've all, all small communities across the world, they travel. So we had something back certainly in the 19th century, the Manx diaspora, when um, people moved off the island to settle in North America, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And the people who now use our resources, especially online, and this is why digital collections are so important to us, are those looking to trace their Manx roots. Um, We have a huge community doing that. They not only want to trace their Manx roots using our online resources, they then want to come and visit, you know, the old country, if I can term a phrase. So we get lots of visitors in normal times um, in the summer um, from from North America, Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Africa. They're the main ones um, coming to trace their their family, family roots. In terms of academics, I mentioned before the island's uh, links to um, Scandinavia and the the Viking heritage. Again, um, we have huge interest from, especially from Norway, um, academics working on um, um, the wider Viking story, um, use our resources. And something which we launched a few years ago are um, 3D models of all of the Viking Manx crosses. So these are crosses around 200 that were carved um, uh, by the Vikings and um, early medieval um, 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 inhabitants as well. Um, They're scattered across the island, often um, still in the place where they they were erected. We actually brought a company over um, in collaboration um, with the University of Lancaster to digitally scan in 3D in great detail. We did it for conservation purposes primarily, but we were also able to render those 3D models online. And people can now access those for free on our Sketchfab channel. So if you go to Sketchfab and search for Manx National Heritage, you'll find all 200 models. Now, just doing that, um, we've been amazed by the engagement um, certainly by academics um, in being able for the first time to compare um, crosses to one another and turn them around and zoom in 3D online. Now these crosses can be miles apart on the island. (laughs) They're not easy to compare. So being able to use the digital to do that was a real, really important recent project for us. So, and of course, internment, internment, you know, 
First and Second World War has international uh, research appeal as well. So we do get researchers coming to us from across the world, but the online has really, has really um, encouraged that uh, and made that, made that even more possible. What are your hopes for the future? What kind of projects are you hoping to, um, to encourage? Yeah, we've well, we, we it seems to be that as we end one project, we're, we've already started another, and um, um, certainly within in the dig, digital collections, that's true. So, a project we're currently um, working on and will go live with in March next year is making our historic environment record um, accessible online. So we have a very rich historic environment, um, both um, above ground in terms of the two castles, for example, I've just mentioned. Um, one of which actually Castle Russian um, is the most complete early medieval castle in, uh, I believe in Northern Europe. And um, that's not us saying that, that's the likes of Historic England um, who came over and told us that. So that was great. It's a brilliant castle. Um, so anyway, in March, we're looking to launch our historic environment record online using the software Arches, which is um, also something that Historic England uh, are using. And that will give people access to records about um, not only understanding buildings like our castles, um, but also fine spots. So where, um, flint working has happened, the industrial heritage of the island, obviously mining happened here a lot, hence the Laxey wheel. So although we're seen as quite a, um, a rural um, place now, in the past, um, we, we did contribute to that industrial revolution through mining. Um, also our maritime history. So part of our historic environment record we're looking to um, build on are the, uh, the maritime um, data set, the shipwrecks um, that are all around our coastline. Um, so that, that project is coming up. The other project we're really um, hoping to get funding for is to add the Isle of Man newspapers from 1961 to, um, well, the current year. Um, add those to our existing website where you the existing website gives you access to the newspapers from 1792 to 1960 and that's full search access that's not just being able to open a pdf that's actually fully searchable um, using quite a complex sort of ocr software uh, we love it we love our newspapers um, so it's around um, half a million pages of newsprint and it's proven so popular with our audience that we've, we've always been asked, well, when are you going to um, add the more recent uh, newspapers? Well, we're hoping to do just that in the next, the next couple of years. So those are two of our really major, major projects coming up, as well as, as, well as the usual release of more images, more, more images, from, certainly from our photographic archive, um, we're going to be releasing some film online as well, um, hopefully before March. So yeah, 
it 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 keeps going, keeps going. <laughs> Would you say there are any particular challenges that come with managing your collection? You mean digitally or no, just just overall. Yeah, I think for us the challenge is that we're a very small team. Um, in terms of our collections team, whew, there's I don't know, around well we're hardly into double figures, there's around ten of us. And we're engaged on such a variety of projects. Um, for example, we have our TT permanent gallery opening in 2022, which is, you know, really focusing, uh, you know, we really have to focus in on something like that. It takes a lot of resource. So managing collections, um, as is true for all museums, you know, it takes resource, it takes staff time. And that has been a challenge for us, but the way we've, we've tackled that, and I think where we've been really successful is use of volunteers. Um, again, on an island with a real proud sense of place and the heritage and, um, yeah, wanting to really engage with that. We've never had any problems really in attracting volunteers. Um, and we've been very um, focused on the projects we've got them involved in. So, um, we have volunteers who help us with cataloging. Um, they don't help us with digitization, I'll come on to that, but they help us with, um, once we've digitized a collection, they help us catalog um, that collection by using the digital. I can give a really good example of that. Um, during lockdown, um, certainly from April this year, um, we realised that we'd had to turn away all our volunteers from working in our reading room or in our, in our, you know, in the museum. And they were contacting us and saying, we really want to do something. What can we do? You know, is there anything we can do online? And we came up with the uh, TT Who's Who digital volunteers project, which meant people could access um, it's a newspaper called the TT Special that was produced in the 40s, 50s, 60s, which is online. And they were able to access those and extract for us biographies of writers um, from, from the newspapers. And we thought, oh, we might get a few people doing that. Wow. We got quite a number of people wanting to do that and sending us the biographies, which we were then able to upload to, to my museum, to our online site. So that's volunteers. In terms of what we're also, I think, really good at is partnering. So we've partnered not only with the likes of yourself <laughs> at Max, and we've partnered with you on a number of digitization projects now, which has been fantastic. And the results you've produced have been brilliant. Um, so we've partnered with you uh, in being able, you being able to come over here and do on-site digitization for us um, using the latest equipment, which we couldn't afford to keep investing in. So having you come over and do that and um, stick to a schedule for digitizing and then delivering the, the digital product to us works beautifully. 
but we also partner with um, can I say non-commercial um, entities such as Google Arts and Culture um, who we've recently launched a channel with um, so we're able to push our content out more wide, widely and when I say content it's our collections and that's something obviously I know most about digitally because that's what I tend to work with. Um, so we, we partner with likes of Google Arts and Culture, Art UK, Archives Hub to name, uh, find my past, Ancestry, to name just a few. And um, that's met the challenge of us being a small team that manage quite a big and varied collection. It's how we get things done is through partnering. So your big ticket items are your Viking collection um, and then your sites like your castles will be draws to um, visitors and things like that. But what is your favourite item of the collection? Oh, wow. That's a great question. It changes from week to week, but I think at the moment, you know what? I think at the moment, because I was looking at them this week. Um, we've just had converted into a digital format we can use online, some of our film archive. And what, you see, if you ask me in a month's time, it would be something completely different, but I'm gonna go with this one because um, it's, it's captured my, my imagination. Um, so we've had, that film archive converted we do have we do have uh, technical expertise in-house so we do have a technical team in-house um, it's just that they're very busy um, but I was able to book time with them for converting some of this film archive into um, something we could play digitally and you know I had great fun um, earlier this week in clicking on each of the MP4 files to start viewing what's on this film archive because the cataloging kind of gave you an indication of what was on there, but I'd never actually viewed it myself. Because this is like on old canister reels, you know. So, so there I was, sat, click, and immediately what came up was um, George the Sixth and um, well, who became the queen mother, um, John George VI and, and latterly the queen mother at um, Tinwald. Uh, Tinwald Day is um, the name we give to our national day. Tinwald is the name of our parliament. It's the oldest surviving uh, parliament in the world, the one the most continuous parliament in the world. So there's the Isle of Man again with these weird things that it has. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, it's a Viking word, so Tinwald. Um, we still call our parliament Tinwald. And George VI and, and the, the Queen Mother had come over, I think it was in 47 or 48. So very soon after the war um, to open, open the island's parliament. And the footage, because Tinwald happens outdoors, happens on a hill oh. outside um so obviously our parliament doesn't always happen outside we have a parliament building <laughs> but on Timwald day um you you go to Timwald hill and it's outside and everybody can 
can go. Um, it's, it's a national day where you go to hear the laws, sorry I'm typing, the laws read out and um, sorry I'll just pause a minute because I want to just check something. Mm -hmm. Right, I'll, I'll begin. I, I need to get this right. So Timor Day is the island's national day and it happens on the 5th of July every year. And the film I was watching was George VI and the Queen, um, their first tin world after the Second World War. And it was just hugely emotive because after they'd opened tin world, they then uh, went to the um, National War Memorial, which is on Douglas Promenade, it looks out to sea. And they laid a reef at the War Memorial and then veterans of a war which had ended a couple of years ago, less than that, also put down reeves. And it just felt really immediate. Um, and as I was clicking through the other rest of the film stock, there was, I then found a film from 1938 in colour of one of the holiday camps on the island. The island before before the birth of the you know the cheap Spanish holiday, you know, the island was the and even after that actually the island was a real holiday draw for people not only from the north especially the northwest but people from Ireland and all across you know in Victorian times it was packed full of people you know anyway and in 1938 it was packed. Anyway, there I am watching a piece of this film and it's in colour of people enjoying their holiday on the Isle of Man, enjoying um, walking on the beach, enjoying walking through the gardens. And as I looked at it and as I looked at people on that film waving at the camera, they know they're being filmed. I thought, you know, in a year's time, you're going to, you're going to be at war. You know, you're not going to be coming for your annual holiday to the Iron Man. It's all going to change. And when I watched that, it was like a film. Um, it's that high benefit of hindsight, isn't it? But we always have with history, sort of knowing that people are heading, you know, heading towards the Second World War. Um, but it's 1938 and you can enjoy your holiday. And I don't know, things like that, when I'm not, it, that was unexpected. I didn't expect to see a colour film of a place I know, because it hasn't changed that much, Douglas, um, from 1938. And I think it, 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 made, it made it more pertinent to me. And, you know, you kind of, you think of your own life and you think, well, gee, a, a year ago, none of us expected to be in a situation. <laughs> we found ourselves with a pandemic this year. So I kind of felt... I don't know, it, it sort of, it felt odd to see people in 1938 ex experiencing their holidays with, with a war. I know a war is on the horizon, so um, um, yeah. Anyway, that, that was the collection that I really love this, this, this week. It will change next week. <laughs> Did you manage to have Tin Ward this year? Oh, good question. Um, no, we didn't. Um, nor have, well, we also had to cancel the TT races, which has been 
hugely sad for the island. Um, for those into mo- motorcycling and motorbikes, the TT is on your bucket list to do. Mm-hmm. It is the world's greatest road race for motor bikes that's not me saying that because i'm not actually a motorbike fanatic that's visitors saying that so we get visitors from around the world um i once met at one tt an australian who had brought his harley davidson over from australia just to be on the isle of man during tt so it's just bonkers yeah, um, we get a lot of German, French, Italian. It's international appeal. So this year it's been very sad. And the only time actually the TT has been cancelled since 1907 when it started um, was during the foot and mouth disease. Mm-hmm. So this is only the second time it hasn't happened. Um, and we're all really sad about that. But hopefully it'll be back next year. So yes, Tim Ward as well was was cancelled actually it wasn't cancelled Timor did happen um but socially distant a socially distanced Timor so Timor did Timor Day did actually happen because we've been very fortunate on the island in that we closed our borders very early um which meant um we have actually gone until very recently around 100 days without a covid case um, which meant um, for Manx National Heritage, our museum sites, um, after, after um, a couple of months, I think, I'm trying to recall, we could reopen as, as sites and they've, they've been open and there hasn't been any social distancing on the island um, for a few months now. Um, so, again, being a small island nation, um, has meant we've been able to to do that. So if you're on the island, you can uh, visit your heritage sites as usual. If you're not, then uh, there's plenty of online resources. You can uh, do newspapers and the sketch fab, I'm sure the laser scanning and stuff like that is incredible. Um, and yes, I've, I've used that platform before. It's definitely worth worth a look, um, especially the beautiful biking crosses. They really are gorgeous, aren't they? Um, Where's your gallery going to be 2022? Is that going to be in Douglas? Yeah, it's going to be our main main site, which is at the Manx Museum in Douglas. So it's um, a really major gallery development for us. And we're working um, with um, the, the, well, it's called Department for Enterprise here who help run the TT. Um, We've been, well, actually, the lead up to this gallery has been quite a few years in the making as we've been collecting um, uh, bikes, um, but not only motorbikes, any sort of TT collections as well. So uh, we're really excited about that. It's, it's a brand new gallery. Um, we're working with a designer from across called Core, who are based in, I believe, Manchester. Um, I'm not actually on the direct team, but I am working on the um, the digital collections we're going to be delivering through the gallery and online as well. So we're really, really excited about that. And you know what will be great as well, as part of that gallery opening, um, we want to see TT back next year. And then 2022 and the TT is fully back 
um, yeah, that will be, I'm smiling, you can't see it, I'm smiling. <laughs> that will be wonderful because it's not only about the motorbikes, it's actually a, a real festival feeling on the island. We have around 40 to 50,000 visitors come over for the uh, two, three weeks of racing. Um, we have beer tents, we have um, all kinds of events going on, music events, and, and the island just is rocking for those two to three weeks. It's really wonderful. So um, we can't wait for that to be back. And then we can't wait for people to absolutely flood that gallery and, and enjoy, um, in, enjoy all the new collections we can share with them. I'm sure they will. Hopefully they'll pick up the manks while they're there. I'm not a, I'm not a true manx speaker, um, but I can order a pint in a pub, so that's all I need that's, to do. That's the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Jude. Um, I'm, I'm sure that in years to come, they'll be looking at socially distant uh, to more photos and they'll be adding that to the collection too. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because we did... We have had and we still continue to run a project called Collecting COVID Isle of Man. And, um, you know, um, as, as is true of other museums across the UK, um, collections of that sort really um, what's, you know, it's what museums are here to do. We're here to, to capture the now as, as well as um, <laughs> what we call the past. So um, I think we can all agree we've, we're, we've lived and we're living through history here at the moment. So, Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you.